Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Gary gets here, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes, changes direction. This is Rugby League, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manly. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom Fernandes. Hello and welcome to SC Playbook Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I am your host, Tim Williams. This week, we are here to break down NRL Supercoach Round 14. We're past the dreaded Round 13 initial buy. Here to talk me through it is the lovely sixth-place finisher from last year's Supercoach, Clementine Casti. Clem, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I had a much better um, week for bye week last week. So um, I scored 1,099, so that was nice. Um, and I had 14 players, so that was really, really good um, and brought in a few keepers um, and managed to get 8,500 green arrows. So that was nice and I'm up to... 5,455. So that's great. But um, I didn't beat Tim. So that was like a bit sad. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that is a serious jump and surely must have got, got you a head-to-head win in the SC Playbook League. But uh, you beat me to it. I didn't actually get to rub that one in. So we'll move on from that one. Also joining us today is 2019 NRL Supercoach Desi Creek, who Desi actually, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, we're 13 rounds into the season and Des has more trades up his sleeve than I do. Desi, what is doing, mate? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I played probably maybe a bit too conservative last week. Um, I only scored 861, which actually dropped me down the rankings to around 1150th. Um, but yeah, I didn't pull the trigger on guys like Ruben Garrick, who I've been spurting the last few weeks almost as much as Joey Manu. But yeah, <laughs> I've been getting the calls right player-wise, but just not pulling the trigger on the trades. Desi, we can't have them all, can we? No, we can't. We can't. And yeah, just to add to that, um, I said in our subscriber WhatsApp group that I'd eat a hat if Joey Manu didn't score 80 plus. That's how <laughs> confident I was. Yeah, after receiving a bit of smack talk on Instagram and some of the socials. But yeah, um, yeah, I think we can all agree. Move over Katoni Staggs. It's time for another fan club and it's the Joey Manu fan club. 
Well, the person who leads this group, these groups, I should say, is Clementine. So are you an owner, Clem, or not? Because that'll decide whether there's a a fan club. I am an owner. And, yeah, we can start a fan club. So we'll have our first one um, next Tuesday um, after this weekend. And, yeah, we'll get together and we'll drink some celebration whiskey. Mm, I can't wait to be a part of this fan club. Joey Manu. Because you have Katoni still. So you're still in the Katoni support group. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll sell Katoni just so I can come to the Manu party. 31 <laughs> runs, 17 tackle breaks, six effective offloads. They are the stats that dreams are made of. So, I mean, Teddy may as well just go down injured now, actually after Origin, because um, we want Manu playing fullback every week. What an absolute god. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't allowed to put the spy on this week. SC Playbook HR said it just wasn't worth the headache and the potential lawsuit to put him on with Clementine again. There was too many issues that could arise from that. So we, we played it safe and we've kept the spy away from her. The Kuma Stallions. 1,142 uh, points this week into 217th overall. Uh, so a good little jump there and in the hunt for the overall top gong with a bit of luck. Uh, if we can make some right moves heading into round 17, uh, it was Joey Manu as my skipper. was one of the big plays this week. So hopefully we continue with a few more green arrows. On today's show, we go through the major Supercoach team news. Uh, our revised strategy now that round 13 is over, we're looking ahead to round 17 uh, and a bit more of an eye on the run home. So how we're going to be attacking that over the next month or so. Uh, of course, the hot topics, our round 14 trades and skippers, and then into the listener questions. Uh, I jumped on the Bloke in a Bar podcast for a massive origin preview and round 13 recap on Monday. So head to YouTube or podcasting channels to have a look or a listen to those ones. Uh, Biz and Breakevens back tomorrow morning with the Guru. We'll take a deeper look probably into the team news in that one, uh, more of the hot topics on this one. So have a listen to that. Thank you to Adam DeRussi who jumped on last week in my absence and showed me up uh, substantially. Not unsurprising in that one. Uh, not surprising, I should say. Guys, SC Playbook subscription package price drop. We're halfway through the season, which means $20 for the remainder of the season for the rest of our content. Gives you access to numerous extra premium articles every week, access to our subscriber-only WhatsApp group where myself and the contributors answer your questions each and every week. I do a big session of a Thursday Arvo generally for an hour or two, answering your questions on that one, uh, and the others jump in whenever they can as well. The SC Playbook in-house league, uh, the leagues, they've added rankings for all league limits, not just the 20-man leagues. We're second overall. We won it last year. We're into second overall on average points. So that's exciting, trying to go back-to-back in that one. Uh, there is there is a stack of time that goes into the podcast and the website. So if you did want to show your support in any other way, uh, you can help out with the subscription there. But if not, as always, there's a stack of free content to be enjoyed by everyone. And, of course, the podcast is free in your ears every single week. Let's get into the team news for round 14. Touching on a few of them, and the big, big one this week, Desi, is Ezra Mam. So 175K, a break-even of something like negative 110. Brisbane play round 17. Like, there's a few red flag flags there because Tyson Gamble is nowhere to be seen. We've heard a few mixings. We've heard he's out long-term. NRL.com have him listed as leg soreness. Where do you sit on Ezra Mam? Because... With the amount of money he'll make this week, it, it's—I do think it's pretty close to this week or, or never. Yeah, that's that's precisely right. Um, I was doing a bit of thinking during the week about you know what sport really captures the essence of Supercoach because I, I know in the past myself and Walson have likened it to Texas Hold'em poker, 
but I seriously reckon it's more like golf. So anyone who plays golf on the regular knows exactly what mm-hmm. I mean. It's a really infuriating game. <laughs> and you're really, you're really going to have a perfect round. You're basically never going to get a hole in one in your whole lifetime. But as long as you keep knocking out par for the course each round, you're probably going to be a scratch handicap golfer. And I guess the same principle applies directly to Supercoach. You're going to rank highly on the leaderboard provided you maintain your concentration and continue to knock out consistent scores while staying away from the traps. So what I'm trying to say is (laughs) stay away from Ezra Mam unless we get some clarity on how long Tyson Gamble's injured for. I mean, there's a bit of rumors around he's, you know, got a broken, broken leg or something like that. But I think if it is longer than a month, grab him because he's going to be really good cash generation and you can probably, um, cash him in for someone like Dylan Brown and, or Cody Walker in round 17. But, yeah, wait for that clarity. That could be the most profound thing that's ever been dropped on this podcast, Desi. And, I mean, I get the idea that you've been banking that one up for a while, waiting for Clem to be on the podcast, who's, <laughs> yeah. the, queen, who's the queen of philosophical talk. Would I be right or would I be wrong? Because that, that was next level. That was so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've also – I actually – I was looking at the WhatsApp group a bit earlier and Mr. Homer Simpson here himself has said – the problem with getting Ezra is you then need to trade him out again. Trades are going to start getting low and you'll end up getting stuck with these cows for the season. If he was guaranteed to make 400k, I'd take him. But I'm over these cows making 100k and then peaking. And his next games are against the Raiders and Storm. That's enough for me to say no on him. So mm. shout out to Homer Simpson there. There you go. Well, it's, it's a massive... We've seen ones... I've been pretty fortunate to dodge the likes so far of like Burbo, Trent Peoples. Uh, there's been a few of these ones who have had red flags. Mam, the difference with Mam is that he has these back-to-back 80s in his rolling average. So, you know, a three-figure negative break-even is enormous. Um, Clementine, where do you sit on him? Will he be coming into your team this week? Oh, I'm like, in the, I'm so torn. I think if he doesn't play out this season, like then it is kind of like one of those guys that you get it and you're going to have to trade out against. So you're going to have to use another trade, um, exactly like Homer said. Um, but <laughs> I'm so tempted, eh? Like with oh. that break even, like if, and if, um, you know, if he does get that role until the end of the year, like you want to have him. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm so torn. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I just... I'm all for avoiding the for cheapies. I've done it time and time again, but it is negative 109 break even. So that is – and I'm happy with how my squad's set up financially that I don't need to be chasing all the cash, but a bloke who's going to make you – like he should make 100 grand this week uh, and could make, you know, two to 250K over the next two to three weeks and then hopefully play around 17. I think one thing you did nail there, Desi – is that we should get more word on Gamble uh, by the come sort of the weekend. So if Gamble is out long term, you'd have to get him, wouldn't you? Like that'd get rid of all these bunkers in the uh, the horizon. <laughs> yeah, get rid of the waterhouses. Yeah, if he's out long term, you get the clarity. Then go, go for broke. Seriously, he's going to make. Mm. I'd say more than two fifty k. He'll be up towards five hundred k in but price. He probably make three hundred k. But if it if it is only say leg soreness as NRL.com has reported, at least once we started uh, recording this podcast, and he's due back say next week, you're saying avoid. Yeah, definitely. All right. 
big decision there. I, I don't think I have it in me to go against him with that break even uh, in round 17, but uh, it's one that will play out a little bit as we find out a little more uh, over the rest of the weekend. Trent Peoples missed the team, missed the entire squad for the Bunnies, which is a bit of a concern for those who own him and were looking to make a bit of money. That being said, round 17 is the big one that everyone wants him for. So uh, we'll see what happens with Peoples, but no need to go into that one too much. Ruben Cotter uh, is another big talking point this week. You know, we think he's a season-long keeper when he's playing his normal minutes and whatnot, all good and well. But, I mean, firstly, don't pay any attention to the teams that have been named this week too much in the sense that the Cowboys have named all their origin reps on the extended bench. It doesn't mean a lot. Uh, the Storm have named all theirs to start. So, like, we'll see what happens and it'll all be pending how origin plays out. On Cotter, um, Clementine, do you own? No, I don't own. Oh, I'm so gutted that I didn't get him in. But, yeah, no, nah, I don't own. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the fact that he missed 13 and probably plays limited minutes off the bench this week, he may not even back up if he plays big minutes for the Maroons. Uh, the Cowboys also play the first game after Origin 3 in round 18. Desi, do you own him? No, I don't. And I'm I'm kind of saying to people that do keep him, but that's probably biased as a non-owner. Non-op- <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm a fan of keeping Cotter. I think he'll be pretty good. If you, I'm, I'm very on the fence, but I, I'd be tempted to to sell him. I think this week, uh, Clementine, what would you do with him if you did own? Oh, I'd probably keep him, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I'd probably. I've got other fires in my team. If I had Cotter, I'd yeah. just. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Yeah, no, I'd keep him. Put it this way, I don't think you're going to go too far wrong either way. Like. He's a bloke that people will be keen on post-round 18, 17, 18 anyway. So you can save trades and keep him in there. If you do get rid of him, I do think there's a bit of cash to be dropped and some limited minutes. But, you know, if he does play off the bench this week, our squad should be relatively deep enough that we don't actually have to play him in 17s. Uh, if he does play lesser minutes, he's a bit of a PPMB, so he could score well anyway. Harry Grant named to start for the Storm. Brandon Smith named on the bench. We'll get to that one a little bit more in depth later on. David Nofaluma named for the Tigers in his first game back. I believe he played New South Wales Cup last week. Uh, so I do think there's job security issues there. Josh Curran named on the extended bench for the Warriors. And I don't think he'll be a buy anytime soon, but another huge watch uh, heading into sort of after the origin period, that round 18, where he could be a sneaky little pickup at low ownership. Let's get stuck into our topic this week. As I said, beers and break-evens. We'll dive into those team news a little bit more. But uh, our topic, as mentioned before, round 13 is done. Des, what's your new approach or, or how are you attacking the next, in particular, four to five weeks leading into sort of round 18 and the run home, mate? Is it Are you going to be punching through those trades, maxing out and maxing out all your boosts? Are you going to be looking to save a few? Uh, where do you sit? Yeah, well, I guess my approach is to load up on round 17 players because I still have 19 trades left and two boosts left, which I'm guessing is more than most people out there. So, yeah, I'll be max trading now to 17 to probably try and get maybe 15, 16 players on the park for that round Um, and try and pull off a Kuma Stallions-style late charge. (laughs) But, yeah, for most people out there, I would heavily suggest saving trades over the next four weeks. Um, and only really buy the must-haves for round 17 because um, you won't have to instantly trade them out of your team like so many people are looking to do this week, you know. But So, it's yeah, it's just player identification, you know. Play, players like Angus Crichton um, for this round, for round 17, and getting them into your team as fast as possible. 
anyone else is just likely a waste of a trade for some extra points. But yeah, I think in terms of nofs, you could probably go for a couple of nofs between now and then, maybe one or two. But that's probably for only teams who don't already have a few nofs. Because, so, you know, we stress it every year. Timmy, I know, stresses it every single time over and over. Um, depth is just going to be so crucial. You don't know how much COVID's just going to wreck your team towards the end of the season. But you probably only want one or two nofs. Yeah, so I'm in the non-surprise, surprise, in the non-nuff uh, party at the moment. I don't even really consider us <clears throat> until sort of post round eighteen, which can always be very difficult uh, after Origin three as well. I just I'm all about stacking that twenty five, and part of the reason for that is that <clears throat> I'm going hard on trades between now and round seventeen, and that that'll leave me around about probably eight trades from round eighteen onwards, which is a little bit less than <clears throat> is probably ideal. Um, but by having depth and, and Trading guys like um, where, where possible, your kings, your coolers, uh, who are worth you know less money than you, you say Suwalis or your Appies or these sort of blokes, it might not allow you to get in as many guns, but it just gives you so many more options in the back end of the year to play in your 17s based on matchup. When there's COVID outs, injury outs, suspension outs, all sorts of things, restings, you've got good blokes to come in, which makes me feel a lot better about going hard between now and 17 and not having a heap of trades from round 18 onwards. Whereas if you've only got, say, 21 or 22 active players in your team come round 18, 19, and you've got eight or nine trades, you know, there'll be weeks where you're left short and you might be forced to play blokes that you really don't want to, and that's where it becomes an issue. Clementine, where are you at with it all? How hard are you going leading into round 17 and, and what's your sort of strategy? Yeah, so I've got 17 trades left and only one boost. Um, so I think that I want to do maybe around about eight, seven or eight trades between now and 17, but I'm kind of aiming to get in more keepers, so people that I can take through until sort of like, you know, the final rounds. Um, so I've like made a list of seven guys that I definitely want to have. So I don't have um, iPad yet. I must be the only Ooh. person in the world that doesn't have iPad. Um, so also like McGinnis, um, Dylan Brown, Lomax, Miotalo, maybe even AJ. So these are the guys I really want to target. So while I'll be doing, you know, seven trades or so, I'm really looking at quality over quantity because mm. I think I already do have a bit of depth in my um, team at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I think like those buy rounds, like you can really make massive jumps as well. So I do kind of want to have, you know, like around about 12, players for that round 17 buy round or maybe more if I can um but I'm definitely not just going to get in a whole heap of players who you know maybe will play one game for me or whatever um because I've already had enough of those I think <laughs> yeah and that's it it's a great point you're making that round 13 you can probably get a few of these borderline keepers in with an eye to trading them out but round 17 being the second major buyer, and you, you do where possible, and sometimes it can be easy to send the number, getting in people that you know you won't have to trade out. And there's enough decent options out there that I think we, we can do that. Uh, <clears throat> plenty that we'll talk about uh, in the rest of the episode, I think, there. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I, I with my boosting, I've got three boosts left. Uh, and, Desi, I actually, I'll be looking to use, I think, probably 10 or 11 trades between now and round 17, which will leave me yeah, with about, say, seven or eight for the run home. 
Mate, I'm not. I don't even think I'll I'll use up all my boosts for the year. I can see myself uh, finishing up the year with with a boost, maybe two, but probably one boost left in the in the kitty. <laughs> come come end of season, you're not going to use it. No, well, like I'd you know, I'd, I'd, I'd exhaust. My... But if you have a trade boost left, come round twenty five. No, but like I'd ex- I'd have exhausted my trades without the need to use it. Can you gift yeah. it to me? I'll have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'll take I, the boost. I might be around twenty five. When I get to around 18, let's say, if I've only got seven or eight trades left, if I use one trade every week, I still exhaust my trades, but I've got a boost sitting there. Smart yeah, ass. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to be like that. I, I think everyone will exhaust their boost come round 18. There's, yeah, you might, you might save a boost for the last round, round 25. But if, I'm not going to have three trades to use in round 25, am I? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe you could, though. We're talking about deep strategy here. Yeah. Uh, someone might keep three trades left for the last round. It'd be a huge play. That would be a huge play. <laughs> anyway, maybe I'll do it. Anyway, anyway, I'll I'll be I'll be going to the grave with a boost in my back pocket. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be winning Supercoach without utilizing all the boosts. So cop that. Anyway, let's move. Let's move on from that one. We're done with that one already, uh, guys. Have you been wondering whether you can really afford to buy that new car or even that you might need that extra little bit of cash to take your business to the next level? Whatever the goal is, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice are here to help you know your numbers. With over 35 different lenders on their panel, the boys will find the perfect solution for any type of loan. Message them via their Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, or give them a call on 02-9521-1611. Don't forget, mention the special code SC Playbook for a free numbers consult. Free of charge. How good is that? Guys, hot topics. Let's get stuck into it. We know the obvious trade-out options this week. They're your Maxi Kings, your Coolers, etc. These sort of blokes from your squad. I'm a little bit more interested, and I think the listeners will be too. Who are the more borderline cells that you're considering keeping in your squad? I'm looking at guys like Suali's, Api Corusau's, Targo's, um, Robson's. These guys who, you know and not necessarily the best in their position and, and may not average as many as others, who are the ones that you could make a case that a lot of be selling, but you might look to hold, Desi? To be honest, I think it's Max King for me. Like you said, he's a obvious trade-out, but I think King is playing really well. He's scoring 50, 60, playing 55, 60 minutes, you know. I think King would be a great buck-up to have in your front row and keep there. He's only 380K. It's not really worth selling a guy who's scoring... 50s and 50 sort of plus every week now at 380k. Mm. Just looking at him now, and I'd had him pegged, and I still do as a, as a sell, but 55 and 57 minutes the last two weeks for scores of 55 and 53 with massive base, sorry, scores of 55 and 63 with base of over 50 in those games. So with a break even of 19, I suppose Desi, yeah, if he does maintain those minutes and output, you know, he's a, he's a solid enough hold in the front row, isn't he? Yeah, I'm definitely going to hold him. Uh, I can see him probably getting up to 500K. If he gets up to 500K, then you look to move him on. But if he stays around 300 to 450, it's, you know, he's going to be a valuable number. Yeah, look, I, I, I'll almost certainly be selling before 17. But as you said, if he keeps up those scores with a break even of 19, there could be another 100K in him. So not an urgent sell. Uh, Clementine, what about yourself? Um, I'm also keeping Max King. Man. So he's definitely, yeah, someone that I would keep um, and just have him there as a backup 
in my front row. Um, also Targo. So I'm not rushing to trade out Targo just yet. He does have a higher break even this week, but also I think that, you know, he can reach that break even. And I think, you know, he's not the type of player that I'd be rushing to trade out. Um, I guess Soali as well, like he's not a must trade out, I don't think. Like he does give you that bit of depth in your centre wing if you have him. Um, I've also got players like Lukey and Tupanua, and I pretty much just got these guys in for round 13, um, a few rounds back. So for me, these are the guys that I'll start to slowly trade out in between mm. now and round 17 to sort of like get some of my uh, my my key targets for um, round 17. So, yeah, but Max King, I'd probably hold Targo. I'd probably hold for now and reassess just before 17 to see how he's going. Two very interesting names you mentioned there that, that are hot on the lips of super coaches. Uh, uh, Isaac Targo and Joseph Suwali. Desi, what are your plans with that pair? You know what? I'm, I'm probably going to sell both of them, but they're not absolute rush sellouts, you know. I'll probably sell them in the in the weeks leading up to round 17. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Suwali, he's, he looks a really good player. He comes out, he defends hard, he hits people. He looks like he can bust tackles really good in the air, but he's just not not producing big super coach points like we want. And he's probably fairly priced at 400k. So, yeah, make of that what you will. But, yeah, also Tago, I mean, it's between him and Aiken that I have to trade out. And I think, you know, <laughs> Warriors are looking shambles. Aiken's, you know, he still cranks out sort of 60, 60 points on average, but... He's got the same average as Tago, but Tago, you know, he's playing in the Panthers side and they mm. just, they rinse teams sometimes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably leaning towards trading out Aiken if you had both of them, but mm. I'll probably get rid of them all eventually. Mm. Suwali's an interesting one. If it was at 500k, I'd, I think I'd be happier to cash in um, due to some tougher or to very tough run of games, to be fair. They have, let me get them up here. The Roosters in the next three weeks leading into round 17 play Melbourne, Parramatta, Penrith, which is fine because we can cover Suwali if you don't want to play him. And he's the perfect fifth centre wing for the run home to play based on matchup. <clears throat> I will probably look to sell, but I don't mind the idea of, of holding uh, for anyone who wants in there because, as I said, he, he's just very good. And, and I think he can improve on his 48 average substantially from round 18 onwards. Targo is a bloke who I've been assessing pretty hard for a long time now, and we thought this would be the week where we go, all right, is he a keeper or not? He hasn't scored a try in the last three weeks, and he's gone 58, 58, 56. He's basing 32 for the best team in the competition on probably the best edge in the competition. I'm just thinking, Clementine, that that you mentioned it, but he's a hold. He's averaging 60 this season. Uh, a reasonable amount of tries there, but with that dual CT dub second row with the likes of Talakai in there, um, there's another one there who I can't think of off the top of my head, but all these dual second row forward centers, you and Aitkins, he just, he looks a hold to me. And you can always just reassess anyway. So like you could reassess mm. just before 17 and see how he's going. <coughs> like I hope he comes out this weekend and just scores an absolute ton, eh? Like- <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Like, I just feel like he's got it in him. Like, I think oh. any of these weeks now, off he goes and, like, you'll wish that you had kept him. Um, But, yeah, like, with that jewel and stuff, like, I just think there's guys that you'll have that you'll want to kind of move on before him. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And and that's it. I just think he looks so good and I'm more than happy to hold on to him. 
Harry Grant, I, I believe we all sold him last week, but there's a lot out there who didn't. Uh, Des, he's been named to start. It would surprise me a lot if he started when they've got the Kiwi hooker in Brandon Smith on the bench there. Uh, but I, like It wouldn't surprise me at all, even if he doesn't get batted too much in origin, if Grant got rested this week. Um, let's say he does start come Saturday, game three of the round. For those who still own, would you sell him still or would you be tempted to hold? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real tough one because it just depends on who you're selling him to, if you are selling him, like who are your trade targets? Um, there's a lot of you- good hookers. There's there's a lot uh, that we'll, we'll get to in a question later, but, you know, McInnes is a popular one. Brandon Smith is the other guy who's another one. There's a few others out there, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost be tempted to hold if you held him through last week, 810K sitting on the bench in that buy round. It was a pretty ruthless one, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably hold him, to be honest, if, you, if you've held him this long. What about yourself, Clementine? What would you do? Um, so I think there's still a case to sell him. Um, obviously, just don't go and sell him for the fun of it, but he does have a break-even of 176. <sighs> so I feel like he might drop a bit of cash this week, especially if he doesn't get the minutes. So as long as you can get him back in again, um, and if it looks like he's not going to get the minutes, then... I don't know. I, I I would probably still sell him this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if benched, I'd definitely sell. If he is named to start, I really don't think he will be. But if he is named to start, um, it throws a bit of a spanner in the works. And I still think I'd probably sell, but gee, it's tough. Um, anyway, moving on from it, Desi, in those hookers, a bloke mentioned before, Cam McInnes, the second most traded in player, what are your thoughts on him? Because I know that we spoke off air and that the actual hooker in that team, Brady, uh, Brady, Blake Braley, is a guy who you might be more keen on as a pod option. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that question marks over McInnes' minutes, you know. They're, they're, not, they're not consistent. He hasn't played the same amount of minutes um, in a single game yet. So, And they've also got Finucane coming back. We have no idea what how that's going to impact his minutes. Um, but yeah, he's obviously scoring well. He's scoring, you know, 70, 70 odd average over the last couple of rounds and he's breaking lines. He scored a, scored a try or two. And I think he cranked out 65 odd in base in one of those games. Mm. And the Eels, I mean, the Sharks have a, you know, the Warriors this week. So he could absolutely turn up on them. So it's one of those ones you really have to think about. But at 550K, I think he's, he's pretty cheap for what he's going to offer you. Well, that's it. I think 555K. So he's cheap enough, but, you know, not like bargain price. Clementine, what do you reckon? Um, so I am looking at bringing him in maybe. Um, I like that he's got the jewel and I like that, you know, he is like going upwards and upwards. So he does have that three-round average of 73. Um, they've got like easy games over the next three rounds, really, Warriors, Titans, Bulldogs. Um, and yeah, it just does depend on his minutes and things like that. So he'll be someone that I wouldn't be bringing in maybe this round, but I will be watching and will be maybe targeting him before round 17, I think. Yeah. Campbell Graham, third most, most traded in. I think it'd be pretty hard to argue with this. I've been an owner for a fair while now and just could not be happier with him. 
Basing 38, the bloke doesn't put out bad scores. I think he's got one score under 46 this season, which was a 30. The Bunnies haven't even clicked. He's only scored the four tries. Um, he looks to have, for whatever stupid reason, fallen behind in the the, seat, the centre's pecking order for the Blues, which is great news for Supercoach. Uh, Desi, you couldn't argue with that too much, could you? No, you can't. And honestly, I don't know what Freddie's doing not picking him. He should have been probably the first centre picked. Mm, a lot of options gone ahead of him, so he didn't even seem to be in. A, so they've gone with with Crichton, uh, Stags, and Jackie Wyden all ahead of him. So anyway, not to be worried about that. I said great news for Supercoach. Now the Eels trio: Clementine of Dylan Brown, Mitchie Moses, and to a lesser degree, but always relevant this time of year, King Gutho. Any of these three on your radar leading into round seventeen? Yes, so definitely Dylan Brown. Um, I think he's having such a great year. Um, so he's got an average of 75. And I think, like, if you want to bring in a 5'8 for round 17, I reckon bring him in. And I reckon he's a keeper until the end of the year. Um, Mitch Moses as well. Like, if you've got a spot for him, like, maybe you've got, like, don't have Nico Hines maybe. Like, you could probably bring him in as your second halfback if you wanted to. Um, but I do think those Eels halves are your target for round 17. Um, Gutherson just doesn't interest me. Um, I feel really bad saying that because he's not a bad player, is he? He's not a bad super coach player. Like <laughs> if, you're after, if you're after a pod option, maybe. Um, but for me, I think that you want to have James Tedesco and you want to keep a spot there for when um, our glorious mullet comes back. So oh. yeah, I yeah, Gutho doesn't do it for me at all. If yeah, and, 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 and I feel so bad saying that. <laughs> If Pappy wasn't coming back, then, you know, maybe we could uh, entertain a little bit. Uh, follow up on that one, Clementine. If Dylan Brown wasn't a Kiwi, would he still interest you that much? I mean, not as much, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I think that he's, yeah, he's just a good shout as your, like, second, like, 5'8 there for going, like, for keeping for the rest of the season. So mm. I'll definitely be jumping on him and not just because he's a Kiwi. But, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Clem's going to jump on Dylan Brown, but not King Gutho. That's very, so very wrong as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Desi, what about for you, mate? Any of them three? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've owned all three of them in the past. You know that uh, I kind of said I'd never again touch Moses and Gutho after 2019 and what they produced for me. But, you know, maybe maybe this year's the year I jump back on them. And <laughs> I, think, I think yourself and I both started with Dylan Brown this year, Timmy, and we we traded him up to or down to maybe Cody Walker. Yeah. So it, it's going to be tough to like kind of trade him Cody back to D-bags for this buy round. <laughs> you, if you have Cody already, you may as well just keep him, I think. But I think Dylan Brown is the guy to partner with Munster at 5'8 for the run home because he's just running the ball a lot more. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I'd... I would prefer to have <clears throat> Dylan Brett. I mean, this could change like within a week, honestly. If the Bunnies find form and Cody Walker finds form, it could change. But I'd prefer to have D-Bags over Cody for the run home. But the fact I've got Cody in my at 5'8 alongside Munster, I just can't see myself. It's, it's not directly sideways, but it's pretty sideways doing it, I think. Um, that being said, like, D-Bags could average a lot more than Walker uh, for the run home, so we'll see. But I, I don't think I can fit he or Mitch Moses into my team with the way my halves are set up. Uh, if I don't get Ezra Mann, maybe that'll open a spot for Moses, but I just don't think I can fit them in at this stage. 
Um, who else we got here? Michael Molo, one of the more traded in players this week. Um, what's he at at the moment? Live trading. A lot. A lot of people have got him in. That's it. That's the stats on that one. Um, it's just a lot of red flags for me. Uh, what are your thoughts, Des? Is break even of what do we got here? Trying to search these players and I keep getting everyone but Michael Molo. Negative 36 break even, 175K. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, obviously those people who are trading him aren't worried about Jaden Sewer coming back. Um, I'm not sure what their plan is, but I, I just don't see him playing that many more minutes. Um, he'll, he'll probably make you 100K, but as as Homer J. Simpson said, <laughs> you're, not, you're not playing for 100K price rises now. Yeah. That's not what you're playing for. So I, I just don't – I see no merit in it. Homer J hasn't led us astray before, so I'll uh, I'll stick by him as well. Yeah, I just think he's got the 69 in his rolling average. Uh, sorry, not in his rolling average. It'll drop out after this week. He then has 29 in 20 minutes against the Dogs in his most recent game, which will be in there for another week. And, you know, with all those players on the extended bench, it just screams trap to me. So uh, I think there's better options to create money in your side. Uh, moving on from Old Molo, Ronaldo Mulitalo, uh, very big on him, Clementine, this week. A bloke who he does rely, you know, a base of 24 isn't fantastic, but it can be a little bit misleading in the sense that <clears throat> when he doesn't score tries, he still racks up a lot of tackle breaks. Uh, and just the Sharks are such a good attacking side, the way they, they move the ball. Averaging 68 for the season, 607K, so he doesn't come cheap. Is he like, – where do you see him? We know he's popular between now and 17. Do you see him as a must or are you looking to forego him? What are your thoughts? No, I see him as a must. Um, mm. I know he's got like a big break even this weekend at 70, but I think I'm still going to bring him in. Um, so he's averaging fifth percent of wings this year, he's like for 68 points. Um, so 600K is a bit more XE, but – I also think they've, the Sharks have a really good run up to the bye. Um, and even this week end against the Warriors, like play, like with that um, break even of 70, like he makes it 50% of the time and it's against the Warriors. And I love the Warriors, <laughs> but I honestly think that, you know, the Sharks like have it in the bag this weekend and they're going to like, yeah. So I definitely am thinking about bringing him in this weekend and I do see him as a bit of a keeper as well um, because I know that he can, you know, smash out those big scores and yeah. So I really like it, bringing him in. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and they've got a pretty good run. Actually, they've got a really good run, particularly for head-to-head finals. They've got in that the Tigers, Seagulls, Dogs, and Knights. And then they do play – they've got the so Warriors, Titans, Dogs, and then they play the Storm in the Origin Week. So they'll be depleted. After that, they play the Cowboys and, and Panthers. We're going to have so many, like – you should have at least five CT dub guns by then, and you can just sit him in those games uh, if you have any issues. Desi, any arguments there? Yeah, look, I don't want to give the Supercoach by any credit, uh, <laughs> but he's got him in his team, and I'm jealous. I, I want Ronnie in my team. Yeah. And and at the price, it's. I mean, I know he's not a monster tag, but it'll be easier said than done. Uh, another relatively popular trade in this week, Des, is Ryan Madison. I... You know, the fact that he's been picked for origin, the just like Nathan Brown on the bench for the Eels, Maddo coming off the bench, they have so many options. I, I think he'll play fewer minutes over the next four or five weeks. Uh, I just think I'd wait till sort of round 18 or 19 to buy him having if you weren't already on. 
Yeah, I'm actually not sure on that one. I think Meadows, he's just looking absolutely straight fire. And, you know, it depends on how many minutes he plays in Origin. He might just continue his normal minutes at the Eels. Um, but, yeah, if he, if he doesn't play that many minutes in Origin, I can see him just still cranking out 80 in base mm. for the Eels week in, week out, which he has been doing, which means he's an absolute lock and a must-have. So, mm. and, yeah. and, and, I mean, that's the thing, mate. They do play the Monday game, so he's got – a maximum turnaround from origin five days on that one. So I, I can see that. And you're right. It, it will it depend on how many minutes he does play in origin. I'm still happy, you know, to wait on him until around probably 19. Clementine, can you be the, uh, the decisive factor on this one? Well, I had actually penciled to get him and maybe coming out of that round 17 by like maybe in round 18 mm. or like something like that. Or bringing him in when I want to start bringing in like, <laughs> Um, you know, my keepers for the end um, a bit more, like the guys that have come out of origin. Um, but I don't know, now I'm starting to think maybe I should bring him in a bit earlier. I don't know. You're starting to back Des I over me and I'm not thrilled about it, I'll be honest. This whole thing. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm losing everyone here. Might my, my, back the Kuma Stallions in after his hot tip of the hammer scored a double my for 67 points. Yeah. He got a downgrade from 80-odd as well. <laughs> yeah. It was the biggest fluke I've ever seen. I was so infuriated watching that Cowboys game. Oh, please. My ranking gets higher and my uh, my followers get fewer. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway. Your jealousy. I'm jealous because I didn't beat you. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll run with that. Um <laughs> Guys, round 14, trades and skippers. Des, what are you looking at this week? Um, You know what? I'm normally pretty off front with my trades, but this week I just have no idea. Mm. I mean, it's going to be, you know, rolling lockout basis sort of thing to see who backs up from origin. But obviously the big targets are guys like Mulatalo and McInnes, who, <laughs> who we spoke about. But for VCNC, I think, Lock in Nico Hines as your captain against the Warriors. And VC probably be pretty irrelevant, but maybe someone like a Taylor May against the Knights. Yeah. Uh, what do you think your VC would need this week to make you loot, mate? Probably 120, maybe. Ooh, only 120. I thought you might have gone a bit higher than that, but... Yeah, uh, and on your trade, it's a bit like that this week. It is a tough one with Origin to play out. Like that, that can change things so quickly, particularly if there's injuries. And then the other one with, with Mam in there, when we find out more more information about the injury to Gamble, that'll change things as well. So that is a tough one. Clementine, where are you sitting at the moment with those? Yeah, so I'm actually the same as Des a little like in that I'm actually not locked in any trades yet. I do know I probably want to um, move on someone like uh, Tupanoa at the moment um, and maybe one of my Deadwood like guys like I still have Violet so I still have players that I need to move on mm. um, but I just want to make sure I'm getting in the right people but I do want to get in Miotalo this week I think and then obviously Captain Nico Hines um, yeah. I think he's a pretty <laughs> cool. as long as it's raining as long as he has wet hair like I mean, I don't know if raining, but, you know, like, I reckon that's a pretty safe captaincy. Vice captain I actually haven't even thought of yet. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how, how many points do you think are added to his score each week with wet hair? If someone's out there and has uh, an average of Nico with and without wet hair, please do find that for us because, Clem, how many, how many extra points each week? He must get like an extra 50 points when he has more, <laughs> maybe 60. I feel like the score is, there is a scorer there that scores him that loves a guy with wet hair. 
Like, yeah. I'm telling you that now. Like, he just plays so well with wet hair. Just quickly, he averages 185 against the Warriors at halfback. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, make, make of that what you will. <laughs> well, and then add the rain points on if it rains. Yeah. So, I mean... And you're up in Queensland, so maybe you can head up to Morton Daly Stadium on uh, Sunday Sunday evening and just just squirt it on his head before he uh... <laughs> yeah, get some gel and all like that wet look gel and I'll just like put it all through his hair. <laughs> oh god! All right, I'm on that. Well, off the back of that, I'm on board, Captain Nico as well. I was tossing up him and Cleary, but uh, the worry is obviously Cleary against the Knights. If they get if when they get out to a big lead against the Knights, let's be fair, uh, he could easily play the spend the last 20 or 30 minutes on the bench. So Nico just looks a very safe bet there and very excited for that one. Trades, like you two, both up in the air, but I'm looking at getting Mam in. Could change, but I think he's pretty hard to bypass this week and I really want Molly Tarlow. So going out would probably mean ooh, maybe Kiraz and Suwali. Not sold on selling Suwali, but I think that may be my ticket to, to getting Mooley Taylor and Nam this week. Let's jump into a few questions this week before we wrap it up. Desi, question from Angus Stratton. I have 15 trades left and no boost. After using two trades this week and a boost, so that must have made no boost, ranked 146. Is he screwed or is he still a bit of hope? <laughs> yeah, good question. I mean, time will tell. Um yeah, you're just going to have to pray to the COVID gods that they just don't ruin you. But I think 15 trades, you could probably get away with it if, if you've got good squad depth. That's, mm. I mean, I can't see his whole team, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the screwed side, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, just be a little bit, little bit cautious there uh, heading into, you know, obviously round 17. 15 not great, but it's not, it's not disaster as such. Clementine, Joel Murray, is Will... Kennedy an option at 400k for the next month or so. Now, Kennedy is an interesting one because his stats are pretty misleading. He comes back from suspension. He's got a break even of 158 at 417k. His last two games have been negative 10 and negative 2 scores. Prior to that, he averaged around about 65-odd, which I think is what more of what we can expect for the end of the season. He could be like 330k in a couple of weeks' time. I know it's a tough spot being only fullback, but but is he a bloke you'd consider at that rate? No, not for me. Like, I think he's going <clears> to <throat> drop so much cash that I don't see, like, is he meaning like he's going to bring him in this round? Like, I, I don't would say waiting a couple of weeks, but yeah, at least at least a week it would be with a break end of 158, but yeah. I just don't know how you fit him in because I feel like there's like um, – Pappenhausen to come back. You want to have mm. James Tedesco. Like, I don't know. For me, I probably wouldn't bring him in um, just because I feel like he's going to drop so much cash. Um, and he's had those two really bad scores. And so, um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'd rather get keeper fullbacks, to mm. be honest. Desi, would a 320K Will Kennedy tempt you at all? Yeah, maybe a 330K. I could, I could be one over, but yeah. <clears throat> Don't. Those, yeah, <laughs> I've never really considered him in the past, so I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Clem's line of thinking, where you don't want to waste trades at fullback or mm. any of those core positions at this time of year. Yeah, uh, question from Nico Hines into my bay. I assume that's a Clem burner account. Is Ramian worth a buy this week with a few easy games coming up, Clementine? Um, 
Oh, I don't know. I've never really, I think I had a master actually, to be honest, but um, I would rather get someone like Miyotolo or even Katoa um, if I was going to go for a Sharks player there. I'm not sure. Like he would be a super, super pod, surely like about 10 people own him or something. Like, I don't know, but like I would probably prefer other Sharks players before him. Um, And I think he's around 550K, right? So, Mm. and I don't see him as a keeper either. So for me, I want to bring in keepers. And, yeah, so he doesn't really do it for me. He's an interesting one, Desi. He's a rock-solid buy, good super coach pedigree, playing in a good team. Uh, Will Kennedy does seem to cut him out a lot, and so does the rest. So does Nico and Matty Moylan. Uh, but, mate, he's scoring well this year. Would you have a think about him? Yeah, I mean, I'm considering taking a flyer on him. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, you mentioned uh, Katoa as well. I think Katoa is also a red-hot buy. A lot of people will go for Mulatalo, but Ramian and Katoa are sitting there. Any of them could score tries on any given week, mm. so any any of them can turn up. So yeah, pretty similar. But Katoa's a huge player at 100k cheaper over Mulitalo. Uh, I think I'd probably go Mulitalo just because he busts so many tackles. So that sort of ups his base a bit. But yeah, serious serious pod play. Question from Jared Watson: Which CT dub would you prioritize bringing in this week if you could only get one? Out of AJ, Campbell, Graham, Mully, Tarlo, and Lomax. Uh, Clementine, I'll start with you. Um, ooh, can I have two? <laughs> I'd probably go Campbell, Graham, and Muratalo, just because I think that those two, um, I don't know, I reckon that those two are real keepers, and I think that they're going to score really well for you all the time, and those would be my two odd be jumping on first plus they've got um I know Muratalo has the higher break even but Campbell Graham actually has quite a low break even it's around about 30 or something this week so I think you probably want to jump on him before his price rises too much as well maybe Campbell Graham we'll say Campbell Graham oh I was about to say your leg's getting sore sitting on that fence but you just rescued it so <laughs> I mean, you're all good the whole pod I tell oh, you what uh Desi <laughs> who would you go out of them for mate this week uh well, I already own Lomax, so that's how much I rate him. So if you don't have Lomax, I'm saying get him in. He's he's a keeper, but Campbell Graham's the next best thing. Do you think Lomax is more of a keeper than than Campbell Graham and Mully Tarlow? Um, I think him and Campbell Graham are kind of on par. They're both – Campbell Graham's kind of shown the same sort of ceiling as Lomax around that 100. Mully has got that huge ceiling on him, but – um, I don't think he's got the base stats that Campbell, Graham, and Lomax have to back it up. So, yeah, I mean, right now through this draw, you would probably have to go Mulatalo um, with the Warriors this week. He could mm. go absolutely enormous. But I think Lomax is the better keeper till the end of season. Clementine, question from Gus Winfrey. Thoughts on Keon Koloma Tungi? Is he worth bringing in now for the matchup against the Titans? He does have a massive break-even. So he's got a break-even of 94 this week. I'd be worried about him dropping a bit of cash. Um, But I think, you know, he's going to play round 17. So I think if you do want to bring him in, you could bring him in for that round 17, especially as there's not many um, good second-row options, I don't reckon, for round 17. Mm. Um, And he does have, I think they've got three easy-ish games, but Eels two and then Newcastle for the bye. So I think he could be a good shout for that bye in that position. Um, but I would be a little careful this week with that massive break even. Yeah, there's real early days kick-out vibes about Klamatangi, super coach wise in that can go big. He scored 111 earlier. He has a lot of tries in him, but his last four games, 48, 37, 43, 40, uh, but still averaging 61 for the season, which for around 17 by coverage, not bad. So 
one to monitor in coming weeks for me, I think, uh, old Keon. Who, uh, what else we got here? We've entered a couple of those ones already. Um, question from Nate D. Thinking I might hold both Grant and Cotter at hooker, and to cover this, we'll get either Cheese or McInnes in at second row forward. McInnes seems the safer choice points-wise, but Cheese is nearly 200k cheaper. Thoughts on these two options? Cheers, fellas. <clears throat> so I think we've spoken about McInnes, but Desi, the Cheese, uh, I know Clem will be chomping at the bit to talk about the Cheese as a massive <laughs> fangirl. So Desi, we'll start with you, mate, so she can gather her thoughts. What, what are your thoughts on the Cheese there? And and particularly now that, as has been named, Grant's starting, but you know we've spoken about the fact that Smith is every chance of starting. Yeah, I actually brought in the cheese uh, a couple of rounds back. You know, I I grabbed him over um, around thirteen by number. That's how much I rate him, and I, I really do think they'll rest Harry over this period a fair bit, and Cheese will probably play sixty minutes um, most games. And he, he's just super dangerous. He, like I brought him in, and he scored fifty three with I think a try assist, but he just looks so close, uh, so dangerous close to the line. He's always peppering, just shoving people out of the way. He just looks like he has superhuman strength to just barge people over. But, um, yeah, I, I think the cheese is definitely the, the option right now to grab at that sort of price. McInnes, I don't think he's going to go up or down in price too much. He might mm. rise to 600K, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy to pay 600K for McInnes come that, that, rep, that buy round. But you may want to jump on the cheese earlier. Mm. Yeah, cheese looks a great buy. The only thing is this week, if Grant does start and – uh, cheeses off the bench, break even at forty two, so it can wait a week if need be. Clementine, what are you, is he coming into your team? Surely, I already have him, so I put him back. <laughs> in. <laughs> I actually started cool. the season with him and got one point out of him, and then um, I put him back in. He's just such a good price, so he's kind of like you know, like that one kg block of cheddar that you have in the fridge. That like real. <laughs> But it's like your comfort and like you grate it on your spaghetti on toast and it's like amazing and you love it. Like I reckon he's just that guy that you can just bring in and he's going to bring you joy. Like if, especially if he gets the minutes with like, you know, Harry Grant and Origin and stuff like that. I 100% think go the cheese. Um, if you do want to bring in the tennis, you can, but I just don't. I just, yeah, I think go the cheese at his price point. You can't beat it. You can't beat the cheese. Yeah, even even when the even when the cheese is old and mouldy and dishing out one points for your Supercoach team, there's just always a place in your heart for it. So, no, I, look, I don't don't disagree at all, and we'll see if that uh, that tune changes if he dishes out another one this week and then gets injured for five weeks. So, I'll still love him. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it, guys. We'll wrap that one up for this week's podcast. Desi, thank you very much as always, mate. Yep, Clem, Timmy, always a pleasure. And Clementine, thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.